Oh yeah, fuck. We've clapped it, we've synced it. Too late, no turning back now. We've Welcome. claimed our movie on Instagram. Welcome to the show. Class of 1984, more like class of... I'm going to that class. More like classic, give me some more. This is a pretty good movie. <laughs> That's, a, That's a fucking great opening riff. What are we saying um, now? Welcome back to the show. What movie are we doing? We're doing 19... No, class of 1984. Hell yeah, baby. Class. Not to be confused with George Orwell's 1984. No, a very different movie. It was filmed in 1982 by... Uh, <laughs> let's find out who directed this bad boy. His name's Mark L. Lester. Uh, he also calls this his best film. I haven't seen his other ones, but that is... Man. I'm sure that it is. I don't, I, I don't doubt it. It's hard to top this. I'm going to say right off the top for the listeners, this is my favorite movie we've watched for the podcast so far, but also my favorite movie I've ever watched. Are you seeing this is your favorite movie you've ever watched? Yeah. I have never seen a better movie than this. <laughs> but to be fair, the only movies I've really seen are like Avatar and Titanic. Yeah, I, I watched Pulp Fiction with you one time. Yeah, so yeah. Say you like true. this better than Tarantino's magnum opus? I like this better than Pulp Fiction. I like it better than that one about the heist that Tarantino did. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I like it better than a lot of fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So Class of 1984 is uh, the fucking uh, punk classic. It follows uh, Andrew Norris, who's a music teacher. He's uh, transferred... Uh, to the baddest school in the inner city. I don't think they specify what town. Do they? No, no, no. Because it's an allegory for all cities. Yeah, it's an allegory for all cities. It's the average, it's the average American city, which in this case is <laughs> Toronto, Canada. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, Andrew Norris is transferred to a school in the inner city. He's a music teacher. And, uh, he tries, like, you know, so goddamn hard to get get through to all the bad kids. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna turn these fuckers around. And after un being unable to turn those fuckers around... He flips them over and beats the shit out of yeah, them. Yeah, he gets fucking pushed to his limit and just fucking snaps and goes crazy. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Yeah. The degradation of a man's mind due to the fuck-ass students he has to talk to yeah, man. every goddamn day. This really opened my eyes to what my teachers have to deal with. And, like, the, yeah. the amount of disdain all the teachers had in this movie for their students, like, they keep calling them shitheads and those bastards and all <laughs> And it's like, man, I always kind of had a hunch that my teachers were doing that, and this yeah. movie really put it over the edge. And then also, knowing substitute teachers just as friends and having them refer to their real classes like that. Yeah, yeah, But also, like, yeah, like, we've watched this movie twice, and both times, this I just keep getting flashbacks to, like, my teacher in junior high walking into the principal's office, just like, when are you gonna prosecute this fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care that he's a minor! Yeah, like, it turns out all our teachers wanted to take legal action against us. Yeah, yeah, they all just wanted to kill us or throw us in or try us as adults. <laughs> and that was it. No yeah. middle ground, they really did not care if we graduated so much as if they fucking got theirs. Yeah, this is a really pro-teacher movie. It's like, like this movie was made. I think the director might have been a teacher. Yeah, I could see the director definitely being. Because this movie was made for teachers to watch and be like, yeah, you know what? We are justified. Yeah, this is definitely fucking teacher fantasy. Because one time when I was in grade six, my teacher would just walk around the class with this Thor hammer, and he would ask questions, and anyone who got a question wrong would get whacked with a Thor hammer. And I feel like my teacher, the day before he started doing that, watched this movie. Yeah, that is 
pretty much verbatim what happens in the gun sequence. But anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that. Let's start ripping this shit apart. Because I feel like there's Actually, a... It is what happens in the gun sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, man, he actually probably did see this movie. Because there's a lot to fucking say about this movie. Like, it starts off with one of the best montages I've ever seen in any movie. They have a custom yep. theme song that they wrote, sung by Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. That's been stuck in my head since we watched this movie. Can I've been walking down the street. Yeah, I've been walking down the street. I was walking down here to your house to film this. Mm. And I just kept singing, When does a dream become a nightmare? And people kept noticing. And I didn't remember the rest of the words, so I couldn't <laughs> answer that question I was posing to them. People kept turning around and you were like, I have a gun. <laughs> They're like, what's that in your briefcase? But... I sell cocaine. <laughs> I have a ring of students doing my bidding. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we fucking hit the montage to Alice Cooper. We see uh, all these fucking bad kids wreaking havoc around the school. They spray paint faculty parking lot, so it says faculty parking lot. Just some good comic genius. One of the best owns uh, you could ever think of. To and, and to throw that away at, 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 at you know in the credit montage that that's how you know this movie has some fucking shit for you. Yeah, if they're just dropping that like it's nothing. Oh, like any wait. other movie would have saved that for the end. Yeah, no, that would have been a big laugh in the final act. That's probably <laughs> how, if I were him, that's how I would have closed this. Man, do you remember being in high school and having that same pun in your mind though? Like, no, I just remember that's why I was so impressed, is that I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> a fresh fuck pun. I can't relate to that, because I remember just walking through the hallways of high school, seeing, like, faculty break room or whatever, and just being like, God, I'd be so fucking sick if I changed that. Could you even imagine if that said faculty break room? Yeah, so I just, it's like, it makes me feel a little empowered that there was some other students back in the day that also thought, these guys are a bunch of fucks. Yeah, and took it upon themselves to let them know. They're a bunch of fucks and they park here. Yeah, this is where you're parking. <laughs> a bunch of fucks with cars. A bunch of fucks with their own parking lot. What else do we see in this montage? Uh, you see the uh, best friend of, uh, uh, yeah, just the fucking best friend old teacher there who's, you know, been there for fucking ever. Uh, he's got a loose gun in his briefcase. Yeah, yeah, I love... I, my favorite thing is people who have guns, but my second favorite thing is people who have guns and don't have holsters. Yeah, I like a man who doesn't know how to store a gun. Yeah, a guy who's like, I might need this gun, but I also won't need it very fast. I'm gonna lock it in my briefcase. Yeah, imagine just, like, going into a bad neighborhood and just in case, <laughs> throwing a gun into just any part in your backpack in case you might need it later. Yeah, a loose gun in a briefcase, man. That's very Just fucking funny. rattling. Because it's also, like... You know, when I walk around, I'm swinging my arms. I'm having a jovial time. I'm skipping maybe a little bit. Well, if I got a briefcase, I'm definitely doing one of the things where you fucking throw it and it spins up really fast a whole bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just imagine, like, it, it would be so easy for your gun to just hit a piece of paper in your briefcase and just go off. Well, yeah, and I, uh, also, this guy does not store it with the magazine out. Like, it's loaded and ready to go. Safety off. Bullets in it's the eighties, man. Were safeties locked? Was the safety even invented yet? <laughs> I don't think the they safety have. thing. That seems like something that came out in like twenty sixteen. You know? Yeah, they didn't have seatbelts. They definitely didn't have safeties. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't have seatbelts, they did not have safeties. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, fucking uh, Chuck Norris meets that guy. Chuck Norris. Wasn't Mr. there another good thing in the montage though, or was that it? I think that was it. I mean, that was. Oh, they have uh, that lady who jumps on the back of the bus that you. Really oh, yeah, yeah, they, they skitch, but with no skateboard. Yeah, you I really that. respect that, man. 
Yeah, that was my dream as a kid to ride on the outside of the bus home. Because there was also, do you remember there would be that like emergency exit in the roof of the bus? Oh yeah. When I was a kid, I used to just fantasize about climbing out of that while the bus driver was distracted and I'm just <laughs> riding on the roof like a fucking legend. Man, you really had some wild fantasies. I did have some crazy fantasies. <laughs> and I think that's why this movie, like, I liked it so much because it reminded me of like everything I wanted to do in school. When you I was wanted a kid. to be the bad kid? I did. But instead I was doomed to understand math. <laughs> yeah, instead you were doomed to get really good grades without studying that hard. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like, yeah, it made me want to be them. But I think that that's like, uh, I think the past generations watched this and they had the opposite thought. Like, they wanted to become the teacher who lays down the law. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The fucking good cowboy style teacher. Like, I think the progressive remake of this movie is just putting this exact movie back out, and then every kid is like, holy shit, we should get in a punk rock. Back to the gun briefcase. The new teacher pulls up and sees the gun in the briefcase and is like, what, what, what do you got that for? Yeah, this is the first scene. And the veteran teacher's like, oh, you've never been a teacher before, have you? Oh, yeah, you're not very experienced in the way this shit works, huh? What the fuck do you think this is for? And then he just closes his briefcase and they walk into work together. Man, I went to university to become a teacher and that exact same thing happened on my first day. If, um... If the professor was like, okay, everyone get out your briefcases. I'm going to show you how to put a gun in there. All right, we're going to show you how to clean your guns. Everyone take out your briefcase. <laughs> Welcome to teacher school. Everybody take out your briefcase. <laughs> take out your briefcase pistol. <laughs> This is the yeah. firearms training portion. Yeah, um, so he's like, what do you have the gun for? The guy's like, yeah, you never teach. You haven't, you're not a fucking teacher. Yeah, the here. fact that you even have to ask that question tells me you're not. And then they go through a security checkpoint. Yeah, they go through a fucking metal detector. It's not revealed how the biology teacher sneaks the gun through the metal detector. No. But he does get it in there. So yeah, he is able to do so. Maybe, and, it's a uh, Maybe it's because like he has adult immunity because he's a teacher. They're yeah. like, you would never do something. You'd never crazy. bring like a loose gun in your briefcase or something into class. This guy's you? like a professional teacher. He would never act like that. You wouldn't bring a gun to school every day for years or something. <laughs> 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 it's like he was doing this so regular. Nothing indicated that this was like the first time he brought a gun to school. Yeah, he wasn't even hiding it in the parking lot. No, it was just out. It's like, yeah, of course he has a gun. That's I, the biology teacher. If I was going to bring a gun to school, I would put it in my briefcase before I got to school. Yeah, and then probably not open my briefcase the entire time I was <laughs> at school. And they'd be like, why are you even bringing a briefcase? And you're like, I just like the way it feels. It's for my business affairs. <laughs> Makes me feel more comfortable. Makes, gives me a lot of confidence, this yeah. briefcase. I'll tell you that. <laughs> this briefcase makes it so I can walk into any bank and walk out with any amount of money. <laughs> But, uh, but during that whole fucking metal detector scene, they're like, pa you, the bad kids of the school, you see him like passing the straight razor like around it, and then uh, the good teacher, Mr. Norris, tries to get in there, he's like, hey, stop! And the teacher who has the gun, he's like, eh, don't even worry about it. <laughs> he's like, uh, you're gonna have to learn to live with a bit of discrepancies. Look, here. they all have fucking knives. What's another knife gonna do? Yeah, that's like the, the attitude, like, like a... Hey. Everybody has something in here. It's yeah. like it's like this first day in jail. Yeah, exactly. It's like the attitude of a prison guard. Uh, yeah, it's the first day of a fucking prison guard. It's like a guy teaching you how to get a fucking shiv into jail. Yeah, seriously. I mean, He's like, yeah, everybody puts it in their asshole. Quit being a weirdo. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> yeah. What, have you never been to prison before? Yeah, the fact that you won't put this knife in your ass makes me think that there's something going on with you. Yeah. Um, but And then uh, so we got Mr. Norris's first day of class I after think, that. Sorry, can I interrupt Yeah. You? I think that this, you remember like last year that whole big movement of everyone in the states trying to like sell us on the idea that teachers should have guns? Yeah. I think this movie literally started that craze. Dude, I think that it might, uh, like, it seemed a little fucking familiar when I watched this movie <laughs> and I saw all that. Everyone in the 40 to 60 years old American demographic watched this movie and was like, you know what? I don't disagree with anything in this. Yeah, because my dad's seen this movie. Like, I mentioned this to him. My dad ha has seen this, and he mm -hmm. kind of forgot about it, which I think makes sense. I think that they saw that scene and then forgot about this movie, but it just kind of wormed its way into their subconscious. Yeah, they were like secret gun agents. Yeah, and now they're just trying to pitch plot points from this movie to fix violence <laughs> in schools. <laughs> they're like, yeah, maybe teachers should have guns, and maybe if that doesn't work, we should just start hanging students from the roof. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Listen, there's no bad ideas in a brainstorm. All I'm saying is maybe we hang the worst kid in every school. Let's, yeah, let's make an example of the worst kid. <laughs> and see what happens from there. If it goes down, we'll hang some more kids. If it stays the same, then we know. We fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. This movie definitely started the idea of teachers should have guns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is crazy, because it doesn't even go well for anyone involved in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but it really fucking backfires. Anyway. But when I watch this movie now, I think teachers shouldn't have guns, except when I put myself in the position of like, oh, I almost was a teacher, and then I'm like, yeah, they should have guns. <laughs> like, in my mind, any scenario where I become a teacher, I should get a gun. Yeah, but that's usually how I know. Like, in a lot of situations where I think that I should and deserve to have a gun, <laughs> it's like, oh, nah, bro, maybe... Man, Maybe I'm you're just, just insecure. I've been going through that so much lately, where I'm just like walking around thinking to myself, I deserve to have a gun. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe you should just learn jujitsu. I'm just like, I would use it so ethically. Yeah. I would use a gun so much more ethically than anyone else in the world. I don't know, man. I think anybody who has a gun personally is a bit of a pussy, if you ask me. That's true. You I should have a knife. That's, you should have a knife or a you should just learn how to fight with your hands. That's who I respect. I watched a video of a guy who rigged up an assault rifle to a Steadicam. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like this perfectly level assault rifle. But I could also see like fat pouring out of his bulletproof vest he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, bro, maybe if you could fucking throw down a little bit, you wouldn't need a Steadicam gun. Yeah, this movie taught everyone that uh, you don't need to work out, just get a gun. Yeah, just have a pistol on you. Imagine how good you'd feel about your body if you could murder Yeah, anybody. just bring to, uh, just like bring an assault rifle to a protest or something, and I think you'll feel really good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you'll find what you were missing. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, so... Well, yeah, he has his first day in class, he's like, you know, taking attendance... Uh, you have all the fucking shithead kids. This is Andy, not the gun teacher. Yeah, Andy, the new teacher, Mr. Norris. But uh, I just want to talk there, like, the, you meet, like, the gang, and they're just being general shitheads, and it was really giving me flashbacks to all the fucking shitheads in my eighth grade class. Like, there was that one kid who was like, uh, well, what should I say if uh, I'm not here? Should I say that I'm not here? Yeah, dude, that was fucking classic. That just, that pissed me off. 
because of how many times I've heard dumbasses <laughs> say that to me in like yeah. grade eight, and it's like, dude, this spit sucks. That I just want to learn biology. <laughs> yeah, but like, and then you put yourself back in your eighth grade self's shoes, and you're like, oh, I wanted that kid to like me so bad. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> When I was in school, all I ever wanted was the respect of the guy who was like, I'm not here. Yeah, but I also thought that kid was a fucking loser all at the same time. What a weird dynamic that was, where I just <laughs> wanted them to like me, but I knew that they were whack. Man, I, I feel like I'm still in that headspace. I want everyone who I think is a loser to respect me. Yeah, I think I'm finally just working my way out of there. It's been nice to be mean to everyone I think is a loser lately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and they're always, like, they're heckling the teacher. Heckling the teacher. They, the teacher ends up, like, kicking them all out. It, it's like a bunch of, you ever have that? It, it, it's a bunch of these kids that are not even, like, in this class. It's just, like, the ringleader is in this class, so yeah, all those man. fucking I used to do that pals shit are there. The time. Yeah, you would do that. Just rocking into a class I wasn't a part of and being like, kick me out. See if you can. Yeah. I sometimes pull up to the film class and hang out and watch movies. That wasn't that. But also, we didn't have a film class. Your really, sounds tight. I had a film class in my junior high and high school. What? They just showed us movies all day. It was pretty tight. In a high school, we even it was in the drama room, and they didn't have desks, so we just like sat on couches and watched movies all day. God damn it! Rule. The only thing that pissed me off though is uh, they showed me Godfather Part Two, and I hadn't seen Godfather Part One, <laughs> so I on purpose didn't pay attention the entire class. Man, uh, <laughs> we didn't have a movie class. We just had like enough subs throughout the year that we basically had a movie class. <laughs> yeah, like, man. my movie class was science and then social in two weeks. <laughs> you ever have, like, one movie that you just kept watching every fucking, like, it was just, like, a constant through your school experience? Yeah, bro. Y you were telling me this before, but we watched Shrek a fucking lot. Yeah, for me it was also Shrek. <laughs> I watched Shrek at least once a year from grade seven to until I graduated. And there was there was one time in high school where I was watching Shrek in two different classes <laughs> at the same time. I had to go to one part. I had to go to religion class where I was about halfway through Shrek, and then I had to go to my English class when I was just starting Shrek. Do you know how confusing that is? <laughs> <laughs> to try and keep up with where I'm at in Shrek in what class. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they want me to not be able to follow Shrek. Yeah, it's like, I'm having an easier time with Macbeth right now. <laughs> Instead of Shrek A and Shrek B, this is way too much. <laughs> You're watching both Shreks, like, holy shit, I think this version's different. <laughs> yeah. What is this, Blu-ray? Wait, did Donkey already own Shrek, or is that coming later? <laughs> We would watch, uh, like, Bill Nye the Science Guy all the time, and then it got to the point where we were doing reruns of Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> like, we'd be in grade 9 watching the photosynthesis episode. Like, I saw this shit in grade 6, bro. I remember watching that Bill Nye shit, like, yeah, like you were saying, way too late, and sometimes I'd see, like, a joke just fucking hit with somebody, and I'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, fuck, there was always the one kid who just, like, was way too into Bill Nye. Yeah, it's like... We always had the kid who would, like, sing the theme song as it was playing. Oh, yeah. It, or, like, not not even before the VHS even went into the TV, the teacher would be rolling in that fucking shit ass Bill, TV. Bill, Bill. <laughs> plugging in the extension cord across the classroom. Some kid's like, Bill, 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 
You're like, no one's gonna fuck you till you're 37. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna have sex with you, and then you're gonna be really sad about it. You're watching it. a science documentary for the jokes. You are a baby, and you <laughs> always will be. <laughs> oh, man. But I did love Bill Nye, too, though. I, I fucking loved Bill Nye, man. I mean, it was... I, I held it down. I pretended that I didn't like Bill Nye because I was a cool kid. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm 15. <laughs> I don't like Bill Nye. I'm not going to start liking Bill Nye again until I'm about 20. <laughs> no, man, I always liked it. I just acted like I didn't and bullied anyone who did. Ah, <laughs> uh, the classic move. Ah, uh, school, where I was on my most defensive all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's one thing I miss about school is having to play defense. Yeah, yeah, I really liked being on edge that someone might know something about me. These days I just walk around. Nothing yeah. matters. Yeah, these days I'm just telling everybody about how all the worst parts about my personality. Yeah, dude, three years ago I would never have let anyone know when I was in a bad mental state. Yeah, here now I that's am. all I talk about. Here I am paying my rent with how sad I am. I basically wear shirts that say I'm in a bad mental state. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because we have another great establishing scene where they yet again establish how fucking bad this group of kids are. They're going through the hallway talking about how they're not making enough money, profits are way down. Yeah, we used to be making four grand a month, now we're making two and it's embarrassing! I'm gonna have to get some new henchmen if you guys can't, uh, steal more money from kids. Yeah. But, they fucking, uh, see a drug dealer. Who's just, holy shit, the most stereotypical black 80s drug dealer I've ever seen. I just want to say specifically, because I have a theory that uh, the guy who directed this movie has never done a drug in his entire life. Or been offered. Or been offered. Or seen anyone do it. He is terrified and never everything. Never met a drug dealer. Every drug interaction in this movie feels like an after school special. Like when he's selling drugs, it, verbatim what he says is like, I can get you high, I can get you fly, you're talking to the medicine man. <laughs> Which is like, why would you not say the medicine guy? It's like, complete the bar, bro. Yeah, seriously. If you're dude. doing a rhyme scheme, stick to it. You, can tell, you can tell this was written by white Jewish guys, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely racist. Definitely racist. Definitely racist when you listen to it and see that it was obviously dubbed over to make him sound blacker. Yeah, I think, like, in the original cut, the actor was just like, Hey, man, you want to buy some weed? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, dude. Over, like, he's like, they dubbed over, like, a beat, and he's, yeah. like, rapping. Excuse me, fella. I can get you high. I can get you fly. You're talking to the medicine man. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, to establish how bad they are, they go and beat the shit out of this other drug dealer. Yeah, beat the shit out. Oh, they fucking rob him there at school. They, like, chase him down. And then, uh, they chase him into the bathroom and take all the shit. And should we even say, because they fucking say, we're the only N-words who sell here. Uh, that's not the quote. What do you want? What's the quote? You have to say it. What? You know the quote. <laughs> is, this, is the rest of the podcast going to be this? I was trying to bait the other guy into saying the N-word. <laughs> no, it's, uh, he's like, listen, buddy, we're the only N-words who sell shit in this school. Yeah. And then he, like, spits on him and kicks him and shit. Yeah, and then he... And it's like, you're five white kids. Like, you didn't have to call yourselves that. Yeah, you could have just been, you could have just called yourself a drug dealer. Could have uh, called yourself a guy. It's me, Josh and the N-Word gang. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's their gang name. Old move for a team of five white kids. 
But then they have a big fucking brawl with uh, that whole, you know, black drug dealing gang underneath the bridge. And yeah. I, I'm not, it's just that they're all black. I'm not saying that to be a racist, I'm just... I do think it's problematic that the white team wins because they were both, they were outnumbered and the other team had knives and they only had sticks. Yeah. And also they were outnumbered by like so much. They all had knives and they were fighting racism. They had that. Imagine how much amped up you would be if you weren't just fighting for drug money. I can't But also that. for your rights. I can't imagine that. I've never felt it. <laughs> but what I can imagine is fighting for just money. And I'll tell you something. I really want money. <laughs> so I can't imagine. if there was some sort of bonus reward on top of that. <laughs> if there was another stake involved. If there, there was some sort of S rank I could achieve in this fight. <laughs> yeah, it's just it unrealistic. They had, you know, the power of wanting to get money defending their friends and stand up for racism. And having knives. That's and the, the power. Thing. We are forgetting the power of knives. It's like, bro, if you and me fought and one of us had a knife and one of us had a baseball bat, I'm pretty sure the knife guy's gonna win. It would depend on who. I think I would win in either scenario. Actually, it would depend on what slur I called you first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would depend on how much I wanted to defend, uh, you know, stand up for what was right that, that day. I'm going to say something about the Irish one time and give you a knife and we'll see what happens. I'll probably agree. That's the thing with Irish stereotypes is none of them have been inaccurate. <laughs> Man. Um, so anyway... Moving on from that sad part. Yeah, we got the under the bridge fight. Oh, the cops come and also the cops the cops come after the fight and immediately like start arresting everybody who's uh, on the ground. Well, yeah, uh, arresting everyone who lost the fight, which yeah. I think is fair. I think they deserve <laughs> that for losing. I think that's how crime should work. Yeah. Like I was telling you earlier, like, if you shoot somebody, that shouldn't be a crime. It should only be a crime if someone disarms your gun and then reports you to the police. Yeah, you're right. Attempted murder should be a crime, but murder? That's Sound, on you, buddy. Sounds like you just handled your business. Yeah. It doesn't sound like you did a crime. <laughs> sounds like you took care of some loose ends. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like somebody's not going to be going to jail for a long time, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem is uh, that we don't have enough good criminals in the streets. I think we got to round up all these shit-ass criminals who are making mistakes. Just leave it to the pros. <laughs> yeah, dude, the cops only arresting the losers fucking owns. Yeah, that's... I think what should happen is, like, that's, just make it apply to every crime. Like, if you get frauded, you should get arrested. Yeah, you should have kept better track of your money. Yeah, maybe keep a fucking handle on that shit. It's your lifeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, then they're, like, driving home from that gang fight, and they have the fucking... They, it's revealed that at some point off camera they stole the teacher directory and found the guy's address. Yep. Went to his house, pulled up next to him, and uh, sprayed fake blood in his face. While they were wearing clown masks. While they were all wearing masks. Which is yeah. interesting. They had time like between the gang fight and this moment to like pick up some clown masks at the store. Well, one can only assume that they already had those masks in the car, which is uh, something I think that we should learn from. I just think you know if you're if. Say you and me are driving around, someone mm -hmm. wrongs us, mm -hmm. As, we follow them back to their house. But nobody would wrong us. This is a hypothetical. Yeah, no, we run this city. For the listeners. Everyone knows we run this town, but say we're in a different town. Say we're in a nondescript American <laughs> <Yeah>. city. It's <laughs> actually Toronto, Canada. <laughs> you know, just the American homeland, Toronto. And uh, someone tries to follow us, we show up to their house. Mm. And we fuck up their shit, but oh, we're caught on security camera, that's why. 
from here going forward, we always have masks under your seats in your car. <laughs> I like that you're volunteering me to keep them in my car. Yeah, you have a car, <laughs> so I think we should keep a bunch of masks in your car. Do you want me to pay for the masks, too? Yeah, we're keeping them in your car. <laughs> They're your masks, bro. <laughs> if anyone asks, they are your masks. <laughs> you wear both of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lesson we gotta learn. That's, That's a lesson the podcast listeners gotta learn. Yeah, hey listeners, make sure you never leave home without your mask. You know, gun and a mask. You and not mask. your COVID-19 mask. Fuck that mask. Wear a mask where only your eyes and your mouth are visible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got anything our parents might have learned so far? I mean, I really think it was just bringing guns to school. Yep. I think it's really overestimating the amount of violence that kids commit and how well-oiled their crime operations are. Yeah, this taught our parents that, like, kids are so much more villainous than any villain. Yeah, because I think this is what my mom thought I was doing all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> like, I, I remember I used to go off and be like, my mom would be like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang out with my friends. She'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm I don't going know, but to I... hang out with my friends. And she's like, well... I don't want you hanging around somewhere. And I'm like, I got bad news for you, lady. <laughs> I have $11 and I can't smoke weed here. You fucking bet I'm hanging around somewhere. <laughs> your mom's like, where are you going? You're like, I don't know, as you pull on your belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this definitely... Because these kids are more evil than any movie villain I've ever seen. So this definitely taught our parents that, like, anyone your kid might hang out with that he met at high school is a fucking vagrant. Yes. Like, this is why my dad... Yeah, this is why both our parents would always interrogate us all the time. Yeah, this this why is why I wasn't allowed to do sleepovers until I moved out. <laughs> <laughs> is that real? Were you you know, weren't allowed to have sleepovers? Yeah, really, man. In <laughs> high school, I was not allowed to have sleepovers. Were you allowed to before that? Uh, I was until, like, junior high, and then <laughs> I got banned from sleepovers, and then, uh, the first, like, sleepover I had since junior high was that one time that I crashed on your couch because I got too drunk to drive home. Oh, I remember that. I was, like, 19. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, oh, to be a kid again. Yeah, that really remind. like, I was kind of sad that we didn't, uh, wake up early and make French toast and shit. had <laughs> <laughs> a regular slumber party. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were gonna watch a movie. <laughs> pissed all the blockbusters closed down, man, I wanted to rent something. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, blackout drunk puking on your floor, like, hey man, you got any candy, though? <laughs> we should break out the nerds and just go crazy on, like, Twilight or something. Let's stay up till midnight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's 4.45. <laughs> In the morning. <laughs> yeah. So they get they get to the teacher's house. They're wearing their masks. They spray fake blood on him. And he takes it really well. Takes it like a fucking champ. He's like, oh, that's fake blood. <laughs> yeah, he's Which just is the same thing immediately. I was saying to you, if somebody sprayed something that looked exactly like blood at me, fake blood is probably the last thing that I would think it was. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, why did this guy just spray blood on me? Yeah, why did you spray real blood? <laughs> Bro, why are you bleeding on me right now? Why did you just cut yourself and then bleed on me? First off, how'd you funnel that into a gun? Second off, <laughs> why'd you spray it at me? So at this point in the movie, these kids are still like scamps to Andy. He's like, ah, oh, they don't mean no harm. Well, they're kind of ramping up. Yeah, I guess to Andy, but like to you, the viewer, they're really trying to drive home how fucking dastardly they are. Because in the next scene, we have the concert sequence. Absolutely, we do. Uh, where they're at, they go to uh, it's like a punk venue. Uh, the band on stage is uh, Teenage Brain. And, uh, or Teenage Head is the name of the band, sorry. Um, Shout out to them. 
a real band. I think they're Canadian. At least my dad said they were Canadian, and I believe him. Cause we should he, get their album. Yeah, we should. We should let's play their whole album without permission in the middle of this. Let's start a music podcast where we review their album. Yeah, or we review all the songs that were played in the <laughs> movies that we covered on our movie podcast. <laughs> Anthony Fantana, but for soundtracks. <laughs> For very specific soundtracks. <laughs> yeah! Very specific and bad soundtracks. Yeah, that's the whole thing of it, is, uh, it's all light vibes. <laughs> the internet's dumbest music nerds. <laughs> that's what we could be one day, dude. <laughs> so yeah, they're at this band, they're at the show, band. they're moshing. They're, at, they're moshing hard, time. I found out that all the, uh, uh, all the, like, the people in the mosh but were all extras that they got. They, like, rounded up, uh... I forget what they called it. It was some like like what they would have called moshing when it first came out, like circle dancing or something like that. <laughs> That's not what it was called. I think it was because they call they call a certain pit. They call some like the ones that are even harder than mosh pits are called circle pits, where it's just dudes. It's like less dense, and it's just dudes slamming into each other. Huh. And uh, I've been to shows where it's, it's like a that. Way less hardcore name for it. Yeah, it's stupid, but it's way scarier. But yeah, they're fucking going crazy, like harder than they were expecting. I watched an interview with the director after he was saying they were like getting worried about how hard all these uh, amateur or professional circle dancers were going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after so after that, they like all the bad kids leave. They're like uh, still in the building. They like go, go walk down a corridor to their office space. To I the guess back room. To the back room, you can see that they fucking run this. They've got a whole fucking group of kids just like waiting outside to have their audience. With the baddest uh, kid of the bunch. Yeah, they're sort of like it's like a job of the hut kind of. Yeah, it's like a, a job of the hut. The director was comparing it to Godfather, where they, there's like a whole bunch of people coming in, and they're like, "What can you? What, yeah, bro, what can I do for you?" Of course, this director would compare his own movie to the Godfather. Yeah, this director the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> this director really thinks he rules. This director compared himself to Andy Warhol and the scene to the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. By the way, if you guys can watch the documentary, fucking put her on, buddy. It's so good. This guy, this director, believes in himself a fucking lot. He's like a ton. He thinks this is the movie that changed the culture. He's what? like, I stomped out punks with this movie well, single handedly. And he talks about how he called the rise in school violence and all this, and it's yeah. like, no, you didn't. All of this has been down. What are you talking about? He's like, I did a little bit of observing, and I actually noticed a couple things. You were wrong. You're just saying you're right right now. <laughs> the interviewer's mic just cuts out because he was correcting him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so they have all that, the guys fucking, um, they're like meeting kids, one of the, the baddest kids, or the baddest, like, enforcer of the bad kids is, like, dual-wielding baseball bats, the big fat guy, which I really like. Yeah, it, which seems like a really hard way to fight someone with a baseball bat. Yeah, I could know that I could do <laughs> way more damage with one baseball bat than I could with two baseball bats at the exact same time. Yeah, it's two hands, one bat, not one hand per bat. Yeah, That's seriously, insane. I don't know what your plan is here, Darth Maul, dual-wielding <laughs> fucking baseball bats. You're gonna chop your own fucking legs off with that thing and fall down a shaft, you phantom menace bitch. <laughs> like, I could understand two knives. Sure. That makes sense. Two knives me. is a tried and true method. You don't need to, they're two sharp. Two things you could easily swing. They handle it. But know? it's like, two bats, dude, I think if I tried to even, like, start a fight with two bats, I would just hurt my forearms. Seriously. Like, it's hard to hold up a bat with one I'd hand. pull my shoulder and that would be it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, they, yeah they, they're like fucking trying out a new kid for their gang. 
they uh, end up, uh, it, it's revealed that they're running a prostitution ring. They have like a girl <laughs> who they like rope in to be one of their, uh, you know, sex workers with blow. But then after that whole fucking horrible scene, my favorite part of that, the whole highlight for me is that uh, one of the other bad kids just very casually starts shooting up heroin after all that. <laughs> it's like, they're like really going over the top to drive home that these kids, they're bad. Wait, can you riff for a minute on that? No, Brad's pulling up his pants. What are you doing? I was about to do an act. Are you undoing your belt? That's a string? Yeah, I was going to do an act. Okay, yeah, do a handler. Can you intro the thing again? Yes, yeah, so what, the fucking kid who's, uh, uh, yeah, after the fucking, um, you know, co-core tryout sequence, they, uh, the side guy is just very casually, he's like, yeah, Anyway, women, what are you gonna do? And then he like takes out a needle and starts fucking shoving that shit. Can't live with him, can't live without him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then it just cuts to the next scene like that. Like, I haven't seen really anyone do heroin in a movie, but I've seen a couple people do heroin in like a documentary, and they're always crying. Yeah, this guy was just this like... This was a very happy heroin user. He was just doing it mid-riff. But he's also like, uh, probably 16. So he's at <laughs> the peak fair. of his heroin addiction right now. That's like, fair. this is about as good as it's going to get for this kid. It's going to take a sharp turn when he turns 17. That's true, man. A lot of people peak in high school, specifically heroin addicts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, casually shooting up heroin is so funny. Like, sometimes you walk into your friend's house and he's, like, rolling a joint or something, and you're like, oh, that's pretty normal. But imagine you walk into your friend's house, he's just, like, lighting a spoon. Yeah. What's up, man? Make yourself at home. I got some pizza on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Pull that shit out of the oven. I'm not going to be able to in a minute here. <laughs> Man. Also, that's another interesting thing. Do you think it, once you shoot drugs into your arm, your arm doesn't work for a while? Or do you think it makes your arm even more powerful? I don't know, but I would tell everybody that it made my arm not work, so I didn't have to do shit, and I could just be on drugs for a minute. Yeah, that's But that's just me personally. I think it would make your arm higher than the rest of your body. I think for a minute. I think probably the first 30 seconds your arm is just ripped. <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes a, rest, a little while for the shit to diffuse out, even out into your system. You're like, like, there's a minute there where your fingers are just... Oh, <laughs> if I ever catch someone injecting drugs into their arm, I'm gonna be like, what are you doing, bro? You want to feel it in your brain, yeah. not your fucking limbs. <sighs> Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to shoot it into your head, dude. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, next scene I want to talk about comes up pretty much after that. It's like they're back at school the next day. Uh, Mr. Norris is back in his music class. Uh, all the fucking uh, bad kids are, you know, it's a class, you know, regular normal day. He's like, uh, fucking already kicked them out so he doesn't have to deal with them. And he's like gearing up to have a regular band class. But yep. uh oh, cut to the bad kids. Fucking doing bumps. You can see them putting coke on their teeth. Which is like, they really do not highlight that at all. At all. It took me watch. I had to watch that movie twice before I even noticed that they were all, all on blow for that sequence. Yeah, I thought they were just kind of chilling out there. No, they were doing drugs. They're pretty good at doing They were doing hard drugs. <laughs> Wouldn't it have added something if you knew that? That's kind of what chilling is, though. Yeah, in a, in a sense. <laughs> in a sense, that's one of the chillest things you could do. It's hard drugs. But then that kid comes in and he's just fucking acting like a bastard. He's like, uh, he goes up to the piano and he's like, I'm Ivory Joe from Kokomo. 
and then he starts slamming all the keys super hard like an asshole. Yeah, which is like, was that a joke? Like, would somebody have gotten that? Maybe it's a reference to something. I don't know. Either way, I'm far too young for this movie. And, um... Yeah. But watching those kids do blow in the hallway, like, that had to teach our dad something, eh? Like, that's why your teacher... Because that was a very undercut scene. I feel like this is all complete fear-mongering. I think that this is based... Like, doesn't all the shit your dare officer said to you make a little more sense after you've seen this movie? <laughs> and now you know where they're coming from? Now the you know whole that. training program to be a dare officer is just watching this? Yeah, it's watching this, and then the cop's like... You see what drugs do? Just shrugging at him? Just yeah, like, you fucking... That's why. Huh? That's, <laughs> that's why you gotta shoot him in the back before they graduate. But I also feel like that specific scene is why when you would take too long of a bathroom break in school, your teacher would always come out looking for you. Like, my teacher would abandon 29 other kids in the class alone to go look for one kid in the hallway. Yeah, find out why I was so goddamn <laughs> constipated. Yeah. It's like, that, that happened to me a couple times. Only ever time that, like... I was just so prone to nosebleeds in junior high, so the teacher would find me and I'd be in the bathroom, like, delirious and covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> and then your teacher was like, oh, fuck, he's doing blow. That's exactly what blow looks like. Yeah, actually, yeah, fuck, yes. That your really... teacher fully believed you were just a cokehead. He was like, I, I'm just gonna not. He's like, I'm just gonna not trouble myself with this. God, that's so funny. But then after he smashes on the keys, he's like, Norris is like trying to fucking wrangle all these fucking coked up students out of his class. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this kid starts laying down the most beautiful piano you've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Like he's just an auteur, a genius. Yeah. And uh... Kind of reminded me of that scene from Family Guy when Peter Griffin gets, like he can only play the piano excellent when he's hammered. Yeah. It is kind of like that. What it's really supposed to be. <laughs> you would think a Family Guy reference was funny. I just haven't seen Family Guy, so I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's why it's funny. <laughs> That's why it's a good You reference. can't throw references like that to me. It's like, yeah, I, that does sound like a shitty Family Guy bit to me. That does sound like something I would turn off before I got to the punchline. Man. You um, gotta get more into Peter Griffin. <laughs> this podcast doesn't have a lot of fucking life left in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you? <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay. Um, but yeah, he starts getting amazing at piano. It, it was supposed to be a reference to the Clockwork Orange, really. Oh. This, uh, the director of this movie kept, in the interviews, he kept saying how much he loved the Clockwork Orange, which is kind of about just like a youth out of control in a post-apocalyptic London. Oh, well, I haven't seen that, so now he's the fucking loser, huh? Uh, but it, it's like fucking weird watching it now that I've realized like just that the main bad guy in this movie has a lot of the same mannerisms as Alex, who is the protagonist uh, in Clockwork Orange. Like, he's always fucking calling things cutesy terms. Like, what did he say? I wrote something down here. He says, uh, oh, uh, chatty waddy and stuff like that. <laughs> Before he fucking assaults a child. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I gotta fucking have a little chatty waddy with you. And then he just beats the shit out of him and his girlfriend. And little Michael J. Fox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this movie is very similar to the Clockwork Orange. Yeah, but I also want to go back to the piano thing. The piano thing also happens in Clockwork Orange. But in the interview, the director was saying, he's like, yeah, that was the whole twist of the movie. That he wasn't just a thug, he could play the piano. They really should that have was emphasized it. it a little bit more. 
than just having one ten-second scene where he plays it kind of good. And also, what a horrible lame twist to have. <laughs> That's what this is all gearing up to, that he's also kind of good at the piano. That's the character development you were going to throw at me? That's what took 40 <laughs> minutes for you to give me? That yeah. this guy isn't just a criminal mastermind, he also knows how to play Beethoven's Nine? <laughs> yeah, bro. That's what I thought the twist was. When I saw the teachers with the guns and all that shit, I was like, mm, regular. They foreshadowed that. And then when I saw it, <laughs> playing piano, I was like, what the fuck? What? what? Tarantino? Rewind! I was like, I was like, Quentin better have a writing credit on this yeah. with all those What's twists. What's this an homage to? <laughs> Man. But he, yeah, he plays it excellently, but just not for very long. Not for very long, and this is the turning point that I mentioned in this whole movie. Or afterwards, he finishes that, and it's just amazing, and the guys, the, uh, Mr. Norris comes up to him, and he's like, where'd you learn how to play like that? And uh, the kid's like, so many in the fucking band, you're not, Mr. Norris. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Norris, can I play? Can I be in the band? And Mr. Norris was like, no. Get out. <laughs> That's how every teacher that it doesn't fucking matter what the kid is like. Just get him out of there. Yeah, no, I don't care that you're a, a, a musical genius. You wronged me twice. You're not here Fuck to help, off. bro. You're here to lay down the law, and that's it. I don't know, man. I feel like that's like... That's you're like not here to help. You're here because we couldn't get enough cops to watch these kids. Yeah. That's like the lazy teacher in your fucking class. Like, uh, my friend James had his textbook... He, like, got his textbook stolen or something when we were in grade 7. Yeah. And he was just a piece of shit in that class. So the teacher just, uh... Uh... Every time he came to school without a textbook because it was stolen... He was sent to wait outside of the class, so he just like didn't learn math for a couple of months because <laughs> the teacher was every pissed day. off at him. Yeah, man, that's like teachers will do that shit. We had one kid in our class who the teacher at the start of every class made him pick up his desk and move it out into the hallway and just sit in the hallway for the whole class. Dude, that ru- I just like how is that teaching now? No, now that's you're just, just a prison guard. Yeah, now you have a vendetta against a 12-year-old. You're just putting a child in solitary. <laughs> like I feel like literally schools are only supposed to be prisons and then they yeah. just they went halfway and hired suit guys and, instead yeah. of cops. And then you, yeah, exactly. And then you have yeah, it's just fucking prisoners except oh, imagine how fun it would be to be a cop if you only had to deal with children. Like, if you just got to crack 13-year-old skulls all day long... Bro, I think that to cops, everybody is a child. I don't know. Cops get scared a lot. Imagine being a cop, but you never feared for your life, not even for a second. I'm pretty convinced that no cops ever fear for their lives. I don't know, bro. If I had a gun, there's no fucking way I would talk to you like an adult, bro. I would talk baby talk to you all day. (laughs) You would have to just take it. (laughs) That's terrifying, dude. <laughs> like, I would never treat anyone with any amount of respect. And, the, yeah, and that's why there's mass protests. That's why Portland is burning, right? <laughs> this movie taught the cops that every person is an act, is actually a child. <laughs> They're like, let's throw a bunch of 30-year-olds in a high school and film it. And then all the cops were like, that's true. 30-year-olds are basically in high school. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's fucking awful. But if that, if, if in that moment, I think if you showed him a little bit of empathy, yeah, he could have gotten through to him. Oh yeah, that would have changed the whole game for sure. He would have. He was like, yeah, you should be in band, and you should, 
you have a future in band, and you should realize that selling cocaine to 11-year-olds might put that in a bit of a jeopardy. I get that at 17 years old, you're already running the drug and pimp game. <laughs> <laughs> but I really think you have a future in concert piano. <laughs> yeah, actually, if somebody told me that and I was running the drug and pimp game, I'd be like, I think there's more money in my current career. Yeah, no, you also don't, you don't understand what I'm doing when I'm not playing piano. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of fucking bags in concert. Yeah, you games. really don't understand how much money is in the arts right now. What's gonna get me a gold chain? Selling drugs and pimping, or playing, or being a fucking ivory cod <laughs> or whatever he called himself. But yeah, and then Norris just fucking throws him out, and I feel like that's like the big turning point for him in this movie, where the vendetta, the true vendetta against Mr. Norris, really picks up. Yeah. You ever think, by the way, that uh, pianos are just like a poor man's computer? Like, whenever I see a piano, I'm like, that's what a, a dumb computer scientist What, you could put a screen on this thing? <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> what, you can't make those make letters? That make <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember when I had a keyboard that was broken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Yours only makes sounds, too, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> also, like, a computer could just make better sounds. You could just teach your computer to become a piano and yeah, also still be a word processor. Now you're thinking of a synth machine. Mm, I think I'm thinking of a computer with an app that plays <laughs> the piano on it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you are thinking of that. <laughs> um, yeah, let's fucking keep going through this shit. Uh, they, there's another bathroom, or they have a drug bust in the bathroom where uh, Mr. Norris catches the bad kids slang and coke to Michael J. Fox. It's crazy that this friend. movie started out being about how they sell weed and then just like at some point without telling the audience they just pivoted into selling cocaine. Well I think that they were always selling cocaine and they had to squash out the weed guy because they were beefing over their turf. Oh. At least that was what I got because they didn't say anything to suggest that they were selling weed before that. Oh I thought their first sale was weed earlier in the movie. It could have been but I don't know. Anyway. It never comes back, and there's a ton of blow involved, so let's, yeah, let's assume that their bread and butter is cocaine. Let's throw that one in the garbage, then. They're selling blow. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're in the bathroom, they're working out a blow deal with this guy who's like 17, and this other guy who's like 4. Yeah, it's Michael J. Fox's first role. <laughs> he literally like still has it. He's the only male actor in this whole movie that doesn't have, like, the image of a freshly shaved beard on his face. Yeah, he's the only kid who looks like he should be in high school, and because of that, he looks like he's six. Because <laughs> everyone else is at least a 30-year-old man. One guy has, like, gray hair. Yeah, one guy's got gray hair and, like, more chest hair than a lot of adults I've seen. <laughs> they all have five o'clock, like, they, as the day get like, the shooting day gets longer, their five o'clock shadows are all coming in. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> one scene, he's got no beard. The next scene, you can see a bit of stubble. <laughs> that rules. Yeah, um... But yeah, you fuck, he uh, so they sell a blow to the thirteen or to you know seventeen year olds. Michael J. Fox doesn't do it; he's a good kid. Yeah. But his friend does it. You commented how stupidly he does the blow by pouring it <laughs> into the middle of his hand and then just I guess rubbing it into his face. All my cokeheads who listen to the podcast—that's not how you do it. Yeah, leave. Hey, leave a comment. Tell us how you do cocaine. If you were gonna do cocaine out of your hand, where would you pour it? Like, comment, subscribe. How how you guys would do? Not cocaine. the sweatiest part, I would assume. 
Because he pours it, like, I don't know. Pull it, yeah, pouring it into the part that, like, I'm going to have to wipe a lot of this <laughs> off on my jeans afterwards. I might be projecting, but, like, usually when I'm in a bathroom with four dudes that are cooler than me, my hands get a little fucking sweaty. Yeah. All right? I'm not pouring powder into them immediately <laughs> after. It doesn't matter if it's cocaine. I wouldn't even pour flour on my hand if I was in a bathroom with cool drug dealers. Yeah, if my shit's a little damp, powder's <laughs> not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just a testament to how hard this kid is. He's not phased by anything. Oh, yeah. I, could you imagine being 16 and wanting to do cocaine that badly and just having no idea how? Let's get your all. Yeah, being addicted to cocaine, but you still don't know the right way to do it yet. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were saying earlier, like, they're in a bathroom, bro. He could have just went and did it off the back of a toilet. Yeah, like there's a, a counter. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of flat, white, uh, <laughs> non-porous surfaces that he could dump that shit out onto. <laughs> all so of funny. them were ignored. He's like, I want this to seep into my skin, and then I want to sniff so hard that it comes back out. I want some now, and some later. <laughs> and I this want is, it to be all stuck to me. This is what I like to call the cocaine extended release program. <laughs> yeah, or, so, yeah, no, and he does catch him, and he takes him down to the principal's office, and as he's doing that, the kid's like, don't you know? I run this school. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's going to be news of the principal, which is a pretty sick teacher own. Honestly, I knew kids who thought they ran the school, and I also knew teachers who were like, yeah, tell that to the fucking principal. Yeah, but I also did know kids who did run that school, actually. You knew, you had a kid who ran the school in your school? I had one kid, he, I wouldn't say he ran the school, there were kids who I would say ran the school, um, and there was another kid, his name was Luigi. I wouldn't, say, <laughs> I wouldn't say he ran the school, but I would say... But his brother Mario, <laughs> that kid was fucking doing numbers. He would be wildly disrespectful to every teacher, and then when they would send him to the office, he'd be like, oh, it's... no. <laughs> no, he'd no. be like, go to the office. Luigi, you go to the office and be like, no, 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 it's okay. No, that's you not... just tell them it's okay. <laughs> it's not how it works around. No, 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 no. That's so funny, dude. Sometimes he'd walk out, but he'd just like go home. <laughs> never. I've known him for a while. Never go to the office. Now that's that, crazy. You know what that guy's doing now? Huh. He's David Husro's at-home barber. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to those two guys. Yeah, shout out to Luigi. Nice. Shout out to David Husro. All right, so... All that blow drives that kid to suicide, though. He climbs up their flagpole. He jumps off. Oh, but first, before that, um, I want to talk about how after he's like, I run this school, the teacher's like, yeah, we'll see what the fucking principal has to say. And then he takes him to the principal's office, and he just, like, outsmarts the teacher easily. Yeah, like... He's just like, yeah, the, the, you know, he walked in there, and the, the bag was already in there. And then the principal was like... Oh yeah, I guess we don't have security cameras yeah. in the bathroom. Okay, you can leave. Yeah, I guess we did have to take those out last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Man. But also, that's, that like really hits close to home, because like, I've been in... I, I got, one time I got interrogated by... Um, okay, this is actually is a decent story. Um, so one time... My friend Ethan, who's the biggest degenerate either of us ever knew, we, so he fucking... Uh, he got caught with a joint when we were in high school. Yeah. And he uh, he went to the principal and he like just he ended up he had like my student ID in his backpack because he had stolen it and I forgot <laughs> about it because you never use your student ID for anything. Yeah, no one's ever needed one. Like... And so I you know he took it and I forgot about it the second it happened. Yeah. And they found my student ID in his backpack, so they called me down to the office. Uh oh. And it was like this interrogation. It was me. 
They say I'm guilty by association. Bro, I sit down in I sit down in the room, mm -hmm. and it's empty room. No mm -hmm. one's there. No one's, and I'm there for like five minutes, and I'm like, oh, I've heard of this move from car salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> They're watching me. They're trying to see how I'm handling this right now, you know. So I'm like, I'm gonna play it cool, and I just fucking, you know, leaning back in my chair, I'm chilling. Mm -hmm. and then they come in, they throw in. It's like the principal and the school cop. They throw down a business card <laughs> from. Um, the head shop that Ethan and I used to shop at, it was called Station 420. The guy who, ran, who worked there, Sid, he would give us deals because we took all those business cards and would distribute them out to <laughs> kids at school and be like, hey, go to Sid. And uh, they show, show me the business card and I, like, I look at the logo and it, it says like, four, you know, Station 420, but 420 is in huge letters. So I'm like, oh, it's four, 420 Station, you know, mix it up so they oh, think I yeah. don't know what the place I've is I've recently called. heard Edmonton's expanding their transit program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Good alibi, Keith, get out of here. This is the new LRT shit that's been talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I just fucking did that, made up some shit. They were like, is this something you'd spend your money on? I'm like, no, I'm more interested in... Uh, Buying pianos, <laughs> learning how to play that excellently. I'm a big Webkins guy myself. Yeah. I really like just having good, clean, wholesome fun. You know, <laughs> buying a lot of baseballs and footballs and kickballs, basketballs, baseball et diamonds. You know, your balls. <laughs> and the guy like fucking searched my locker. Oh man, I was sweating. Did he find anything? No, he didn't find anything. I had shit in there like the day before, so I was worried it would smell, but he didn't find anything. Uh, there were a whole bunch of, I pretty much only, like a lot of people use the, their lockers to keep their books in. I just kept all that shit in my backpack and would uh, put all my garbage in my locker. Smart. So uh, he took a bunch of, <laughs> he took all my Ziploc baggies that <laughs> I had from like sandwiches. <laughs> and he, I was like, oh, that's just garbage. And he's like, I'll get rid of that for you. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Smooth officer, but that all smells like shit. That is all moldy food. Cops start being so polite to you once they can't prove that you did a crime. Yeah, once I started playing along with you to bust my best friend in high school. <laughs> Is that what you did? You flipped? Uh, no, you well, Ethan, Ethan already got caught. Because so I, I don't know if I can have you in this apartment if you're going <laughs> to yeah, start fucking I didn't turn rat. I pled ignorance. Oh, okay, good. I, I, I just didn't, I, was, I didn't know what was going on. Ethan actually, he uh, had a, he, he made up a fake drug dealer. This is a story. They were trying to find out who sold it to him, and he made up a fictional drug dealer named Jeremy. And he was telling me all these stories about like how he was like, "Yeah, you sold it to me at the park," and just had to like, <laughs> improv this whole scenario with a fake drug dealer. And he was saying like, "Yeah, my dad kept driving by the park to try and catch Jeremy." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny! I a fake drug dealer. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't really have a lot to say about that story. Yeah, I don't know. It's good job good. not getting caught. Never get caught by school. Got caught by my parents almost every year. <laughs> almost annually I got caught. <laughs> One thing I learned how to master when I was in school is uh, not getting caught for whatever I did. Yeah, I could not get caught at school, but at home, entirely different story. At home, I just never did anything bad. <laughs> yeah, you and I had different schools of thought on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, the kid who did blow fucking climbs a f up a flagpole and kills himself. Classic being bad at holding it down. Yeah. Because I remember, like, 
Sometimes you would get way too high in school and then you'd be like, you'd have to like invent an excuse to leave. But there would always be one kid who did it and just like the teacher would be like, whoa, do you have food poisoning or something? And he'd be like, uh, 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 I'm high. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, you didn't even, you, if you didn't say anything, you wouldn't have gotten caught. That's what this kid did, bro. That is what Self snitching. Self snitching. By suicide. <laughs> He climbs up the flagpole and starts doing the Pledge of Allegiance and then falls down. And, and it's dies. like, how fucked up are you really if you remember the whole Pledge of Allegiance right now? Well, that's what cocaine will do to you. Make you remember the Pledge of your Allegiance. Your patriotism? Make you get super patriotic? Why do you think everyone. Up in the air? Why do you think everyone loved America for so long? Yeah. Ago? Why do you think we invaded <laughs> Vietnam and had a cocaine epidemic all in the 80s? All in the same decade that happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I like to imagine every every American tried cocaine, and then four years later, every American was like, "We should yeah. invade." Let's have some wars of imperialism instead of pitching businesses <laughs> and apps. They were just pitching different countries to invade. Get out the French! Yo, yo, just back me up on this. Vietnam. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I like that they went to Vietnam to protect the French, but if you bring up like French people to any American, like all they do is laugh about cheese. Yeah, they just think French are stupid. <laughs> always like, hey, we all know. Oh yeah, long cigarettes. <laughs> Here in Wisconsin, we have regular sized cigarettes and our cheese smells normal, not like shit. Yeah. Now fucking surrender, you French bastards. Anyways, let's go help them hold their empire, though. Yeah, anyway, let's help them secure their colonies. Let's go do a genocide for them. Well, I don't think... Yeah, I guess that that was kind of it. I think it was mostly as a way to stop com the spread of communism. I don't think you should question my Vietnam history. You're right. I'm pretty sure I nailed it. Yeah, you're right. This is a Vietnam podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week where we cover the Vietnam War day by day. <laughs> yeah, this movie did teach our parents that... Uh, America, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no matter how high I get, I still love this goddamn country with all my soul. <laughs> so, uh, in, in an effort to tie up loose ends after this fucking kid suicided off of uh, the cocaine, um, this bad kid wants to go fucking uh, cut up Michael J. Fox. Yeah, well, fuck obviously. Fuck him up in the alley. What would you do to a witness? Exact same thing. Uh, no, I would shoot him. I, I would leave no room for air. Is what I would do. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's a great point. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to change my answer to I would also shoot him. I would like to make the uh, progressive re-release of this movie, <laughs> <laughs> where the kids actually snitches and then gets shot. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lesson kids need to learn. But yeah, so there's a uh, alley robbery and stabbing the. Uh, Two teachers, uh, Mr. Norris and his old teacher pal, they're hanging out, mm -hmm. about to have a drink after class when mm -hmm. they see uh, this mugging happen in the alley. They intervene, they stop it just barely. Uh, the other teacher gets cut in the hand and he just like <laughs> refuses to go to the hospital for like no reason. Because this is another point where they could have ended all the problems that are having in this movie and being like, hey, this kid assaulted me in an alley. There's multiple witnesses here. I have a fucking flesh wound. Like, can you arrest this ringleader? Yeah, but the pro the thing with kids is like when you're trying to inspire them, you have to talk to them on their level, right? So this teacher's like, no cops, no hospital. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that teacher doesn't snitch, and then he walks into school the next day and finds out all his class pets have been skinned. <gasps> skinned alive in his classroom. And it's it's like, you probably should have snitched, actually. Yeah, maybe you should have actually, maybe you should have actually gone to the hospital and gotten maybe that. 
I would say that if you have a bald spot, you should never say no cops, no hospital. Yeah, you can't handle your shit. If you have a bald 30. spot, I would go to the cops. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, also, fun fact, they used a bunch of dead animals for this movie. They said the room smelled like absolute shit. Yeah, this was the second movie ever to use dead animals. Was that? I don't know if it was the second, but it, uh, another in the long line started... Uh, <laughs> That's a claim I'm making. ...started by uh, The Hills Have Eyes, which showed a dead dog on screen for the first time in, I think, 1972 or something. So this movie was inspired by Clockwork Orange, Godfather, and Hills Have Eyes. Yep, three classics, three equal classics. Three big pairs of shoes to fit into. And it does swimmingly, with space to uh, spare. Or... It actually blows the seams off two out of these three. <laughs> it doesn't live up to the hills have eyes, but it crushes Clockwork Orange and Godfather. The principal calls that vandalism, which I think is a pretty funny yeah. term for that little atrocity that was committed in the bio lab. <laughs> yeah, it's not vandalism, it's a fucking massacre. These class pets are school property, therefore this is vandalism. There's like a... There's like a dog hanging from the ceiling. It's like and if you were to take all the paint off the walls. That would also be vandalism. There's a rabbit that's been skinned that's like on this bar like a rotisserie thing. And then you see that there's been a flame running underneath the rabbit for like a nondescript amount of time. And no one turns the flame off. No, they just fucking let that shit run. They're in there being like, oh, this is fucked up. Let's yeah. just let it ride though. Yeah. I bet you that rabbit's going to be good in a couple hours. Yeah, I, th th this isn't done yet, but. <laughs> but when this is done, it's gonna be a real atrocity. <laughs> Clean all this shit up, let this go till it's medium, then come get me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, Mr. Norris tries to go fucking confront the bad kid in the bathroom yep. about this uh, little war crime he per uh, perpetrated. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the kid just starts beating the shit out of himself. Yeah, he's like, you don't have the fucking stones to kick my ass. Starts smashing his face into the mirrors, just bloody in himself. If I was you, this is what I would do. And then he like smashes his face against the window. Here's how I do it. And then, uh, yeah, he, like, smashes himself up, wipes blood on Mr. Norris' <laughs> He's like, knuckles. you want something done right, you gotta do it yourself. And then he shoots himself in the <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, but he wipes... He actually, this is a very smart way of incriminating your teacher. Like, genius. I think he's kind of a genius. Yeah, write this down, kids. He hurts himself, and then he's like, let me give myself an alibi by putting blood on your hand. Yep. So if you ever have a math test that you didn't study for... Hit your head on a mirror. And say your teacher did it. Wipe blood on your teacher's hand. Bing, bing, boom. 100%. Bada, bing. Bada. Boom. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing your mic at me for me to speak into my own mic. <laughs> my boy successfully frames him. The principal's like, bro, you cannot be beating the shit out of these kids all the time, dude. It's too much. Yeah, stop confronting these kids in the bathroom. How many times <laughs> do we have to tell you? <laughs> I charge him with assault. Hey, maybe if you're a teacher, don't go into the bathroom with a student. Yeah, just good because rule of thumb. both times it's backfired on my boy Andy Norris. Yeah, both times. And he's been in the right both times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the principal's like... This movie taught our dads that if something doesn't go right, repeat it. Keep going! If, if at first you don't succeed, do the same thing. Yeah, exactly the same succeed way. via brute force. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and the principal's just like, You've, you're gonna have a charge against you, but we also really fucking need a band teacher. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I should suspend you. 
But then I'll have five classes of band kids who didn't learn anything about band. What am I gonna do? I have a bunch of kids who can't play the trumpet on my hands? What are we gonna do? Cut this option course? Yeah! No. Get back to work, Andy. Turn this into a film studies room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny to me, that the fact that band is essential to this school. Yeah, this is the only thing creeping this together right I cannot in good conscience give these kids a diploma if they don't have a band class, okay? <laughs> it's just not how we do it in this school. You got a lot to learn about the big city, Andy. This is the inner city. Every kid needs to know how to make some kind of music. Yeah, they all got to be able to play the clarinet. Whether it's good or bad, they got to know. Maybe if this was a rural school, we could suspend you and give them a 22 class or something. But it's the city, Andy. <laughs> and we need you. Do you know how strict gun regulations are here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he doesn't, like, no consequences happen. Even Literally Even people fully believe he just beat the shit out of a child. He's, like, back at, in school fucking teaching, uh, you know, teaching band or whatever. Um, but, and then, uh, oh, and then after that, he, um, he, like, shows up to the bad kid's house to confront him. Yeah. And, like, goes to his door, and, uh, man, I, I really hated his mom in this, who just is, like, one of those bastard parents who defends her piece-of-shit kid to the bitter end. You're really telling me that my son did something wrong? You mean my angel boy who, uh, runs a prostitute ring and slangs coke? You mean the boy who wouldn't even answer the door for me when I asked him five seconds ago? Yeah, That's you, not like him. You mean the boy who just disrespected me to my face? Absolutely him not. being in inconsiderate? Dis Absolutely Disrespecting not. somebody who isn't? The person who gave birth to him? <laughs> who brought life into this? Who brought his life into this world? Listen, if he doesn't respect me, that means he gets it out before he goes to school and he respects all of you guys. Yeah. Just like his father. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the the parent defends him, calls the teacher fucking Just psycho. Just the fucking bitter end. If you ever come back here, I'm calling the goddamn police. Which, fair. If a, a, a teacher showed up to my house for no reason to try and get me in trouble with my mom, I think she would also threaten to call the police. Honestly, absolutely yes. That That is how my mom would react in that situation. I think if a teacher showed up to my house unannounced, I think my mom would just be like, uh, oh yeah, you're here on time. Go help Brad with his homework. Yeah. <laughs> no, my mom would be furious. My, <laughs> my mom would like... My, my dad used to call it, uh, anytime my mom would get mad at a teacher and start talking to the administration about her, yeah. be like, uh, did you hear about the jihad mom's got going against your science <laughs> teacher? <laughs> Man, I love being racist as a way to put down your wife. But I also think, I also think that holy war is the exact right word to describe what my mom was doing to the fucking staff at my school. Yeah, mom my mom was going on a crusade against all the subpar teachers <laughs> at Oscar Romero. Mom rage really is akin to holy war. That it's, is a good point. Yeah, bro. Anytime your teacher tells your mom that you did something wrong, your mom treats it like someone just kidnapped a temple. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> occupying her favorite temple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then how does Mr. Norris deal with that uh, blatant disrespect? Like a teacher would. Steals a student's car and smashes it up. He's being a role model. What else are you gonna do? How else are you gonna handle that? I can't think of a way. <laughs> I can't you think know, of one other way apart from hot wiring and then ruining his car. You remember in like grade 12 when your teacher would be like, listen, 
you're an adult now. I'm gonna have to start treating you like an adult, okay? No more slaps on the wrist. I'm gonna treat you like an adult if you wanna wrong me like an adult. Yeah. Like, that's what, this movie taught our teachers to do that shit. Yeah, and then you find out that really being an adult is infinite mistakes and forgiveness, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, being an adult is just being like, I'm sorry, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of second chances as an adult. <laughs> Man, I've never not had a second chance. Since I turned 18, everybody's been like, yeah, try that again. Seriously, you remember in school, it's like you fail something, it's like, oh, I guess I just don't know math. Bro, it's so funny, when you're 17 and you make a mistake, your teacher's like, come on, dude, you're 17. But then when you're 18 and you make a mistake, everybody's like, yeah, of course you fucked up, dude, you're 18, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. That's I would so love funny. to do high school as a 20-year-old. I think I would nail that. Yeah, man. I would be way smarter. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Stephen Darnell, a uh, local comedian in town. He, shout out. Yeah, shout out. Very funny, man. He went to... He was telling me he went back to university like when he was like 25 or 26. Yeah. And he said it, he felt like he was playing basketball against toddlers. <laughs> yeah. Like they were having a hard time and he's just dunking threes. Yeah, of course, bro, because they make you go there when your brain isn't even all the way made yet. Yeah, Imagine and I, having a full brain in school. Yeah, seriously. Oh. Even right now, our brains aren't fully formed because it's 25, right? Yeah, it's 25. So and I've done a lot of damage, so what? call it 28. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you go back to your Bachelor of Arts degree when you're 28, you're going to be like, oh my god. Let's up this to a Bachelor of... Louis the 14th? Yeah, how about Louis the 17th, dude? Make it a little harder on <laughs> Yeah. Louis the 25th, maybe. <laughs> Tell me 25 years old. I can remember a lot more Louis than I could. <laughs> Louis the 32nd, bro. Throw some more Louis at me. I don't even call chapters chapters. I call them Louis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many Louis you need me to have read by tomorrow? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm having an aneurysm. <laughs> I'm 28, okay? I know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm 28 years old. I'm having a stroke. Now, how many Louis should I have memorized? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't think that made any sense. I don't know, bro. <laughs> My god, does that ever tickle me? I think that's gonna be the clip. I think that's gonna be the problem. <laughs> I think that's gonna get people to click. Alright. Um. What else is it going on? Let's just say, I think we gotta fucking wrap this shit up. Okay. So we're here. All of this fucking nonsense finally leads up to the main thing. The students, uh, they really wanna fuck with Mr. Norris. They home invade his house. Mm -hmm. And assault his wife. Yep. Assault in the negative way, though. Not like beating up his wife. In the way that we all know what we mean, but none of us feel like saying. In the way that... In the way that Brad can say it. <laughs> in the way that Brad was describing vividly off camera. Hey, no, I was not. In the way I was, that Brad yeah, just won't okay, stop fine. talking about Fine, 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 fine. I was describing it. Kian was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the real misogynist uh, in this podcast? Leave it in the comments. Tell us what you think. <laughs> um, yeah, his wife gets uh, assaulted. They take a nice Polaroid of it. And then they uh, and then it's um, the day of the big band recital. Mr. Norris is up there about to start the fucking thing. He's the conductor, which we're still trying to figure out the point of. And uh, somebody like runs down the aisle and hands him the picture of his wife like being uh, attacked by this group. 
literally five children. people at once. Yeah, like, literally five. There's so many people in that picture, I bet he couldn't even see his wife. He was just like, those are my sheets. Yeah, is this just a class <laughs> picture? <laughs> it's like, are you guys on my bed right now? <laughs> yeah, wait a second. But then he just fucking takes off and he starts hunting down the kids one by one. I love sprinting out of a room without saying shit, dude. Yeah. That's how I got to start handling business. Yeah, I think instead of uh, the Irish goodbye where you, ta uh, you know, leave quietly. Yeah. You leave as loud as possible, but not saying any words. Yeah, that's the drunken Irish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take a huge amount of noise while you're trying to leave a room. Yeah, so he runs out there, and then it's like a boss battle in a video game. Like, he has to climb through the whole school searching for these kids. Yeah, he's got to, like, fight all the kid henchmen. and like The, the girl is, one. like, baiting him into chasing her the way Bowser would when he kidnapped Princess Peach in the Mario games. It is exactly <laughs> like that. Baby Bowser's chasing Princess Peach. You're chasing him. You're about to catch him. Uh-oh, he runs into a room. There's Big Bowser. Yeah. That's <laughs> precisely what happens here. And they, like, run into a, a, a shop class. And fucking Mr. Norris just has a full heel turn before he was like the most perfect immaculate man, never making yeah. a mistake. Now he cuts off a student's arm on a bandsaw, or on a table saw. Yeah, the same student he was just doing outreach for. Yeah, the same student he was just trying to help. Just trying to touch. I think this, like, as soon as teachers, or like, from the past generation saw the arm get cut, up, cut off, they were like, you know what, everything I did is actually fine. Yeah. Like this, this, just, this movie was only written to give every teacher a little pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did a good job. I know you might have whacked a couple of them, but you did a good job. I see you killed three students. Who has it? <laughs> Point yeah. is, apart from that, every other you had one bad day. Yeah. Who doesn't have a bad day? But the craziest part of this... On your bad day, you killed five guys. The craziest part of it all is he cuts off his arm... And then still kills him. Yeah, it's like, you, you didn't think you had like, hey, Maybe put him on timeout for like 10 minutes and let him think over like what just happened. And then kill him after if he keeps misbehaving. I don't know a lot of one-armed bad kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have gotten his act together after that. <laughs> yeah, most one-armed people read a lot. Yeah, they're usually really nice. <laughs> okay, so then he murders the kid and then he's like, you know what? I'm not done my vendetta. Yeah, then he sets his, another kid on fire uh, and uh, crushes another two under some cars in the shop class. Yes, sir, Bob. And then... Then he uh, goes up to the roof where the he finds... The magnum opus of this film. Yeah, the baddest baddie of them all is up on the roof, got his wife at knife point, slices her a little bit, then throws her to the side, which really throw in away all your leverage in that situation. Yeah, bro, if you're taking a host, if anyone watching right now is ever taking a hostage at any point in their life, keep the hostage, bro. It's not a, it's not catch and release. It's not like you're bass fishing. Seriously, do not give up the hostage until you're in Belize and you have your helicopter. Yeah, it's not fishing for sport, okay? It's fishing for sustenance. If you catch one, you're keeping it and you're eating it. I love all this crime tip, all these crime tips <laughs> we have on the pod. We, yeah, talked about changing barrels and firing pins before. Man, we gotta. We should start an offshoot podcast where it's just us like picking a crime and describing the best way to do it. Yeah, let somebody needs to. Somebody who uh, wants to listen to all this shit can. Can you please make a supercut of all our crime advice <laughs> <laughs> spread across all these episodes? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, keep the hostage, man. Don't throw the hostage Seriously, because bro. that opens them up to what? Well, and then fucking Mr. Norris rushes them. They have a little scuffle. Norris is able to throw them down, like, 
through a skylight, I guess. The guy's just, like, hanging on by some rope. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to do, like, you know, one last plea. He's like, come on, Mr. Norris. Uh, I'm just a little kid. And yeah, and it's like, yeah, we can tell you're a little kid because one, you threw the hostage away, and two, you decided to fight on a roof. Yeah. You, Who would ever pick that as a fight you location? You stupid baby. That's how I can tell you're a kid because you fully believe you're gonna win this so much so that you're like, I don't even want to be safe at all. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. You could have fought him on a floor. I don't want to worry about my getaway in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. This, this world ain't big enough for the two of us. It's actually not even big enough for one of us. We both should die. Yeah. yeah. So the guy's just like hanging on, trying to plead with him, and it gets through to him. Norris is like, okay, fine, you know. I've killed four kids, I don't feel like killing a fifth. And he uh, <laughs> sticks out a hand for him to bring in, and then the guy fucking goes to cut him again, and Norris just punches him down. Yeah. Falling to the... crashing through all the glass, Man. and hanging himself in front of the whole auditorium watching the orchestra recital. And that is like, hands down, the most beautiful endings. Like, I don't even care, I'm not joking or being ironic, that is the most beautiful ending scene I've seen in a movie. Like, it was just perfect, bro. This kid just falls through a roof, he's being hung, it looked like, it kind of reminded me of like, Lucifer being cast out of heaven, except he had a rope around his neck. Yeah. You know? And he just like falls over all these kids and they don't even stop playing their orchestra and it's like, if I'm, if I ever die, that's how I want it to happen. That's I'm exactly. I'm not 100% sure that I will, but if I do, that's how I want it to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, okay, let's go back, we'll cut this in or we'll leave it at the end, who gives a fuck. My favorite uh, scene of this whole movie, so that the, um, uh, old, like, veteran teacher who's been there forever, who's been bringing a gun in his briefcase for an undiscernible amount of time, enough that it's just second nature to him to also pop that in with whatever work he has to do with that. The that fact day. that he snaps so soon into the movie, though, it does make me wonder if this is his first day bringing a gun to school. Like, it makes me wonder if every other day he was just walking in fucking, like, unarmed. Yeah. And then today was, like, Andy just happened to catch him on his, like, out week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just being all nice to him and trying to pass on this, uh, you know, fucking kindness. And he's like, hey, you're cool. Don't come to school tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, the teacher's doing that. That's what the 80s was all about, man. It was a different time. But yeah, this fucking teacher who's just fully lost it, unhinged, gun out, tired of these students disrespecting him, pointing the gun at the kids. Uh, Mr. Norris is like, what are you doing? And he's like, can't you see? I'm teaching. And he's like asking them general, (laughs) like, just general biology trivia. (laughs) Yeah, he's literally like, what is the chromosome that makes a lady happen? And then uh, pointing a gun in the student's face, and the student's like, X? And then it's like, yeah, but you should have known that since, like, grade four, bro. Like, you still deserve to be shot just because you weren't sure about the answer. No, fuck that. Hey, congratulations on being able to remember that through this PTSD you're developing (laughs) live as we speak. Okay, we got different takes on it. But (laughs) me personally, I think that it should have either been a harder question, or you should have been shot because you wondered. Well, I think that leads us to the final point, because he ends up pointing the gun at, like, the main bad kid of this movie and asks him what an amphibian is. (laughs) That kid does not know. (laughs) Imagine not knowing what an amphibian is. Gun to your head, you don't know what an amphibian is. How would your life have to go? Gun to your head, you can't imagine a frog. Bro, you don't deserve to live. You're already, like, rich as hell, you are a prostitution dealer, 
and prostitution dealer. So, <laughs> I love that. That's what I'm That's calling. the respectful word for pimp. They don't actually like being called that. What is it called? Like a girl dealer? <laughs> <laughs> you're a girl dealer. You're a coke dealer. You're, you deal a lot of things. You deal in deals. But one thing you do not deal in is scientific terms. Amphibians. <laughs> one thing I don't deal in is shit that can breathe the water and the air. <laughs> but man, like a guy who knows how to get out of being caught for selling cocaine in school, but has no fucking clue what a frog is. Yeah. That's so funny to Amazing. Me. He's able to run an, a business. Imagine, holy shit, that really pissed me off that I've learned all this biology nonsense. This guy's able to run a successful criminal enterprise. With, well, having no fucking clue. None. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck did I learn for 12 years? What's an amphibian, bro? What is it? And he's like, I got no idea, but you can have some weed if you it's want. It's like, I don't know, but I wish you asked me how many grams are in an ounce, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's an amphibian? Uh, I don't know, like 12? <laughs> like, uh, like 28. Is that like 50 bucks? <laughs> an amphibian is like 28. <laughs> uh, but then it's like... Uh, the, like all the security guards are surrounded there. It's like nobody knows how to deal with this. Who are we gonna get to handle this? I know the teacher who just punched a student in the face not two days before. Yeah, they're like, this guy's got a fresh assault charge. He knows what it's like. Let's yeah. send him in there to talk to the guy. Down. This guy, he, they get, he gets where this guy's coming from. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this, what this guy needs is a peer in this situation. That's true, man. And that's why, like, that taught our dads that, like, uh, if you see someone being racist, don't like try to correct them. Just be racist with them. Yeah. Well, really, I think this kind of fucking it it it, it reminds me of how um, uh, uh, problems on the police force are treated. Honestly, like just because uh, after this happened, the principal was like, "Yeah, we obviously expelled him immediately. He brought a gun to school and pointed it at the students." Yeah. And he was like. You're gonna fire this guy because he made one mistake one time, and meanwhile, all these kids are being bad and disrespecting me. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> expel them? He's like, what about all those other, what about all those 12 years of him giving out perfectly written traffic tickets? Yeah, and what about that kid who said he wasn't here when I saw that he was here? You're telling me he can just keep coming to school every day? <laughs> just because he shot 12 guys and then teabagged them afterwards does not mean that he writes a mean that he... Fuck, I fucked it up. Just because he shot 12 guys and teabagged them afterwards does not mean that he's not a great marker. Doesn't mean that I don't like to hang out with them after class. This guy knows how to tell people how to write an essay. Just because he was drinking a lot at school all through this movie <laughs> doesn't mean he was a bad teacher. Just because he was drinking a lot and had a gun since the beginning of this film. Yeah, this movie inspired the police's policy. <laughs> Literally, just like, stand by him, dude. He's probably got a record of doing good stuff. Amazing. Seriously amazing. Okay, so... That's that. Do you have anything, uh, what do you, what do you think this movie taught our parents, bro? I think it teaches you to be afraid of kids. I think this movie taught my mom what teenagers were going to be like. Like, this I truly really think all my mom's parenting when I was, you know, 13 through, uh, 17 or whatever. Yeah. All based on what was going to happen on this movie. You yeah, know? I mean, this is why your parents are always talking about kids these days and always worried about, like, what your friends are trying to get you to do. Yeah, when your parents say kids these days, they really mean the kids in the movie Class of 1984. <laughs> yeah, they really mean 30-year-olds uh, in 1982. Yeah, because that's another thing I want to say. It's just a fucking range of kids in this movie, the high school students, like the one that looks obviously 30 next to Michael J. Fox, who is 
looks like a high school student. Yeah. What the fuck? Huh. This hasn't been picking up any... What? This... Yeah, it has. No, it hasn't. It says one hour. The channel's off. Oh, no. Oh, no! Major L. <laughs> oh, no, bro. What do we do? Bro, fuck it. Let's just say Wu-Tang and use camera audio. Wu-Tang forever, it's camera audio. <laughs> Let's try it. It's gonna be bad, but... We'll try it whatever. and see what happens, because that is fucked. That... We might have to reshoot this, but that is fucked, dude. Whatever. Well, well you know what? We're saying Wu-Tang. I don't give a Wu -Tang shit. Wu-Tang forever. Dude. I just started up, up again. You wanna, just, you wanna just do a new episode right now? Yeah, welcome to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know you've been here since 9. You wanna be here till 3? Um... Okay, but let's finish our wrap-up. Yeah, let, let's finish up that wrap-up. Just making sure. Um, so, fuck. It taught our parents to be worried about your kids. It taught our teachers that anything you think is always right and there will be no consequences. Um, you got anything else? Um, watch out for your homies, despite uh, the obvious danger they pose to the public and themselves. Yeah, but hold them down. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but hold them down. Do whatever they want to do. <laughs> um, if your friend does cocaine, tell everybody that he didn't. Yeah, always have your boys back, even after he kills himself. I don't think we should like remake this movie. I think literally we should just put this movie in theaters and never take it out. Like <laughs> just let's just all always be watching this movie. Yeah, it's, it's so good, dude. It's always just playing in a side theater. It's so because it's so much over the top that you're like, yeah, I guess that really is what every grandma thinks kids are like. Yeah, it really is. Like that's why that's why they're all so scared when I say I got a friend coming for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also just fun to see teacher fantasy. Like see what, you know, these fuckers that I dealt with every day dreamt about at night and thought about every morning. Yeah, this movie blew my mind because I really did I really have never seen a movie that's about teachers before. Like they don't really talk about teachers. But then to have it this be the take. Yeah. To and have the take on teachers be that like yeah, they're actually being persecuted. And to have, um, like, the director, even to this day, be like, yeah, no, I nailed that. That was right. Yeah. All of this is correct. In I that call it how <laughs> fucked these students are going to be. Yeah, because in that documentary, he was, like, discussing, he was like, yeah, no, it's, re it's really getting really violent in the schools like, for teachers. I mean, look at Columbine. It's like, yeah, students brought guns to that, the school in that one. Yeah, in your movie, thinks, teachers were bringing guns. He really thought that this movie stopped school shootings. No. And I think it has the potential to do it. Yeah, as long as we get some more good guys with guns into our schools. I honestly think now it could stop school shootings. I think, I think uh, if people started watching this movie now, we would play that little, you know, clips of this in Congress. Like the NRA would be, like, show bits of that and be like, ah? What do you think? See? The Got in the briefcase? What do you think? Pretty good! Yeah, that is true. Like, it probably taught some bad lessons back in the day, but the lessons it could teach now are, are detrimental. a thousand times worse, bro. Yeah, so that's the, that's the fine line we gotta walk. Like, do we want people to watch this dope-ass movie, or do we want the fabric of our society to stay in place? I want everyone who is not in a position of authority to watch it. 
I think authority people shouldn't be watching movies anyways. You guys should be doing Sudoku and shit. Yeah. I think every teenager should watch this movie because it just fucking rules. It's my favorite movie I've ever seen, man. Damn. Big words. Big words to go out on. What do you think? It's not my favorite movie I've ever seen. I really think it drags in the middle for a little bit. But, I mean, I enjoyed this a lot. I like everything that it does. I'm just genuinely trying to think of a movie I liked more and I can't. <laughs> I think I'm, I can't, bro. This is the best movie. You heard it here first. We found it on episode six. Episode six, it's all down here from here. All downhill from here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, is that, are we good to wrap up or what? Yeah, I think that's fucking good. Thank you for watching. We love you. Please review us on iTunes and I don't know if you can do it on Spotify, but Figure review us out. on iTunes about the Spotify. If, if you can't review us on Spotify, message Spotify support. Just tell me you like the podcast. Send me a DM on Instagram and be like, hey man, I like the podcast. Because that'll make me not quit doing the Yeah, podcast. send us some more DMs if you fucking like our shit. We'll uh, give next episode, when I'm prepared, I'll give shoutouts to everyone who said nice things. Yeah, by the way, shout out to that girl who uh, DM'd me. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Fuck. Yeah, I'm not going to give shout outs. Shout out to those two girls who watched the podcast and DM'd us nice things. That was nice. But yeah, people did, yeah, people did send uh, some messages to me also saying that this, you know, that they like the show and hey, that shit fucking rules. We love you for doing that. I love, I love everyone who likes this. It made our day. And if I could get one of those messages every minute, I don't think I would ever be depressed anymore. Yeah, seriously. So that's what we're heading for for this podcast. That's our goal. Yeah, until we have a Patreon, that's that's our currency. I would love. Yeah, you guys saying nice things. I get paid in happy DMs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, thank you. Next week, love you. Bye. Mwah. Damn, I really wish we didn't fuck the audio because that was our best episode.